This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. The Browns have done it. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars once again in a game that felt like it would never end. Why the Browns right now this year, the Browns are like every Yankees Red Sox game for the last 20 years. They just go on and on forever. It's bizarre how long these games go. But in the end, all that matters is the Browns found a way to victory. And we talked about a lot all week that it was a huge advantage that Trevor Lawrence was not going to play and Denzel Ward was going to play. Neither of those things that were going to benefit, we thought the Browns, happened. And yet the Browns still found a way to win. We'll recap it all. A wild 31-27 Browns victory where they are in the playoff standings, who else is going to be with them, the latest on the injury front, Joe Flacco for president, that and more on this edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, folks, we have so much to get to. Joe Flacco, everybody's feeling Flacco fever right now. He played really well, obviously a couple of turnovers in the game, but uh, far overshadowing the negative plays were a ton of positive plays. Joe Flacco, when it's all said and done, throws for 311 yards and three touchdowns on 45 pass attempts on a day where the Browns couldn't do much on the ground and didn't really try to. Uh, it's all through the air, most of it, all the touchdowns, but one through the air, and the Browns win it 31-27, and again, a game that felt like it would never end. It finally did, as the Browns, unlike last year against Joe Flacco, were able to recover an onside kick and hold on to win the game. How did we get there? We'll go back to the beginning in just a moment. But first, get extra value this football season with Bet River Squares. Went up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. To talk about this game, we talk, got to talk about what happened before the game. It seemed like for most of the week, Trevor Lawrence was limping around and would not play. Now, Trevor Lawrence didn't play well, but he clearly was not affected. And I know Joel, you know, uh, uh, it seemed like that there's no way he had a high ankle sprain because he was running just fine. He wasn't throwing great. He was up and down throughout the day, had some good moments, but through three interceptions, a couple of great plays. Greg Newsom had one. And uh, of course, MJ Emerson had two, which was fantastic. 
but we thought he wasn't going to play all week, and then this morning we learned he would play. Meanwhile, Denzel Ward had gotten back to practice on Thursday and Friday. It seemed like he was on target to play for the first time in three weeks, but that didn't happen. So with those two things, there were probably a lot of people out there that I know on Monday last week I was leaning towards Jags win. By Friday, I picked the Browns to win. Even this morning, even when I heard the Lawrence and Ward news, I still felt good about the Browns' chances to win, and that's what happened. But we start, and one other thing that happened before the game that was pretty big, and that's the Browns assigning Grant Delpit to an extension, if you missed it. Uh, three years, $36 million with $21 million guaranteed. Delpit got hurt in this game in a collision with Miles Garrett. It seemed like it might be a concussion. It turned out to be... Uh, I believe a groin injury. Let me just double check that. Uh, what was it again? Was it groin? Yeah, groin injury. So hopefully he'll be all right. We'll keep an eye on that as the Browns secondary a little banged up. Obviously with Ward missing the game, Thornhill ended up missing the game, late scratch, and and uh, and obviously Delpit getting hurt in that collision. Fortunately, Miles Garrett okay. I thought despite giving up 27 points, I thought the defense played pretty well for the most part. When they needed to, obviously the 27 looks worse as the Jags scored that touchdown late in the game, uh, and they had a lot of short fields. I mean, until the fourth quarter, the Jags didn't really move the ball all that effectively. You look at the two touchdown drives heading into the fourth quarter, the Jags scored uh, you know, with about six minutes to go in the first half, and then they scored five minutes to go in the third quarter. Those two touchdown drives were 12 yards and 25 yards. So heading into, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter with the Browns up 28 to 14, the Jags had not had a sustained drive that led to points. They were able to do that twice in the fourth quarter. The Parker Washington touchdown, a catch from Trevor Lawrence and the Evan Engram catch from Trevor Lawrence as the Browns played a really soft zone defense late in the game. Uh, I know a lot of people scratching their heads about the, the Jaguars going for two. Uh, you know, the the analytics versus non-analytics arguments are so stupid. Uh, some people are just never going to get it. I understand what the Jags were doing there uh, because they figure even if we miss it, we know what we have to do. We got to score a touchdown to win. If you get the onside kick, your balls are on midfield anyway. But that doesn't matter. In the end, they didn't get the two. They didn't get the uh, the onside kick, and the Browns found a way. They, they were aggressive. The Browns using their analytics, aggressive. Fourth down plays, they were perfect. How about the throw from Joe Flacco to David Bell? This was big. After the Niners, after, uh, not the Niners, the, uh, the Jaguars scored that touchdown. You know, the Browns seemed to be in real control early in the third quarter at 21-7, but then the turnover as Flacco gets hit, he fumbles. Um, it looked like the Browns were going to stop him to uh, – you know, hold them there, but the um, the uh, the Jaguars end up getting in the end zone. They complete a, a fourth down or a third down play to Calvin Ridley, and then Travis Etienne goes in for one yard to make it 21-14. But the, the Browns, even though they seem to be controlling things, it was tentative. I mean, you think about this. It was 21-14, to right? The Browns have the ball. It's early in the fourth quarter. They have a fourth and one around midfield, they go for it with Joe Flacco. It looks like he stopped, but it's a false start penalty. That false start penalty benefited the Browns because I don't think Flacco got that first down. I really don't think he did, but the play is wiped out. The Browns move back to a fourth and six. 
Now they're going to punt, and then the Jags inexplicably jump off sides on the punt. All-time dumb move. The guy was halfway through uh, into the backfield and way off sides. It was an obvious call, so now it's back to a fourth and one again. This time the Browns go for it. This time they get it. Not only do they get it, it's a pass. Joe Flacco, little play action, hits David Bell. I can't remember who was defending David Bell, but he slips, falls. David, it would have been a first down either way. But with the fall down, David Bell takes it 41 yards to the house. The Browns go up 28-14, and it would never be closer than four again, and you know, uh, or the touchdown again until the very end. But the Jaguars, Jaguars would not get the ball back again until they cut it to four. Dustin Hopkins, most field goals by a Brown. 55-yard field goal. That was huge after the Browns got zero yards after stopping Jacksonville on fourth down after they got the ball back at 28-21. I did not think the Browns were going to kick that field goal. I thought they were going to try to draw them off sides again, potentially. And it was a fourth and 10. I was like, ah, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I should have known. That was stupid. I should have known Stefanski was going to kick that, especially with the confidence they have in Hopkins. The only time Hopkins has let the Browns down is on two extra points. But these long field goals, which he was terrible at heading into the season, he's been absolutely perfect. Most 50-plus yard field goals in Browns history, a 55-yarder, and that sealed the deal at 31-21. to Obviously, we know the Jags moved it down the field. Nice drive, soft zone, cut it to, cut it to four. Sacked on the two, and and there you go. David Njoku had a monster game in this one. He came alive. I know Jay on on UCSS called for a step up from David Njoku, and he did it in a big-time way. Caught six of eight passes, no drops in this one, 91 yards, two touchdowns, had the two touchdowns early. Amari Cooper had a bad fumble that led to Jacksonville points, and he only caught half his passes, half his targets, seven of 14, but 77 yards. There, Elijah Moore. Not much of a game. Three of six for 42 yards. David Bell, of course, on his only target of the day. Uh, not his only target. His only catch of the day. Um, uh, gets the 41-yard touchdown. Jerome Ford and Cedric Tillman caught a few passes as well. The running game, not much. Jerome Ford had the 26-yard run early. After that, the, other, the rest of the game, he was 11 for 25. Kareem Hunt, 10 for 27. Did have the touchdown in the red zone, of course. DTR had the quarterback sneak coming into play, but this was all through the air. And Joe Flacco, the star of the game, after the game, Kevin Stefanski announced that Joe Flacco would be the Browns starter for the rest of the season. Obviously, it's a no-brainer that Joe Flacco is going to start the rest of the season unless he gets hurt or something weird happens this season with all the quarterbacks that have played. uh, Who knows what the hell can happen? But Joe Flacco's played great. I got some fascinating... Joe Flacco stats from these two games, all right? By the way, one other injury I wanted to mention, Jerome Ford, uh, x-rays on his hand and wrist. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on Jerome Ford. All right, here's some Kevin's, uh, from some Joe Flacco stats. Joe Flacco, first Browns quarterback with three touchdown passes of 30 yards or more in a single game since Brian Sipe in 1980. I mean, I was nine the last time a Browns quarterback had three touchdown passes of 30 or more yards. Uh, Browns became just the eighth NFL team since 1950 to have four starting different starting quarterbacks win a game. Joe, uh, Joe Flacco, one of only five quarterbacks in NFL history 
since or at least since the merger in 1970, to throw five touchdowns over his first two games with a new team. This was, I mean, it was a bonkers game. I, I got to give you that stat one more time, though. First Browns quarterback to throw three touchdown passes of 30 or more yards since Brian Sipe in 1980. 80. 43 years for a guy who's 43 years old. He's not quite 43. He's actually about to turn 39. I think his birthday's coming up this week. When's his birthday? I don't know. What the hell am I talking about? His birthday's in next month. Joe Flacco will t- turn 39 in about five weeks. And he has brought this Browns offense alive. There's no doubt about it. The Browns have been throw-heavy, pass-heavy the last three weeks. They've won two of the three games. Uh, I, I, I'm sure my man Jay, I'm sure my man G. Bush, I'm sure they'll both be complaining, even in a win, about too many runs, uh, too many passes, which is just insane. But we'll get it. But Joe Flacco, what a rev, uh, a relevation, a relevation, revelation he's been um, in these first two games. He's just been I mean, five touchdowns, three turnovers. You want to cut down the turnovers, obviously. The picks were both bad last week, a bad pick. Uh, this week, uh, a bad, you know, the pick was was a bad throw, too. But he's made so many good throws. Um. That it's you know he and he was uh, he was way better this game than he was last game and I thought he played and you're playing against the Jacksonville team that's a playoff team has a great chance to win the division there's no excuse to the backup quarterback because Trevor Lawrence played uh, the Browns uh, on the defensive end it was a mixed bag obviously the fourth quarter they did not play great overall um, it was certainly their best performance in three weeks. JOK set the tone early with a big hit in the backfield. He's playing, he's playing his ass off. JOK is playing great football. Uh led the team in tackles with eight. Led the team in uh, along with Maurice Hurst to attack. And, and it was good to see Maurice Hurst back uh in the world of the living. We hadn't heard his name in a while. But Maurice Hurst with two tackles for a loss, same as JOK to lead the team. He had one of the Browns' four sacks. The uh, sacks, Grant Delpit had one. Maurice Hurst had one. Ogbo had one. And Zadarius Smith, that was a that was a weird play that he got one. But um, uh, so he, he, you know, Zadarius Smith and Maurice Hurst, we haven't heard much from either of them lately. They both stepped up and made plays. We hadn't heard much from, uh, let's see. We haven't heard much from, uh, Greg Newsom lately, and Greg Newsom, let me give him credit. Greg Newsom, ha- ha- the last two weeks has been awful. I thought he played a hell of a game. He had four passes defended. He had an interception. He did a great job. And, you know, you thought he'd go back to his normal spot and play the slot corner, but he couldn't because Denzel Ward is still out. Now, hopefully you get Denzel back next week. But uh, major kudos and credit to Greg Newsom. I thought played certainly played by far his best game in the last three weeks. The Browns played with so much energy on both sides of the ball. Kevin Stefanski gets an A plus. He did a great job as as usual. Uh, forget the haters; they're lost in the soup. The fact that this team is eight and five, they've been absolutely dominant at home. Six and one. The crowd was great. A lot, you know, I was worried about the crowd because wasn't a lot of traffic downtown today. Uh, tickets were were available pretty cheaply. 
Uh, but the, but the crowd was loud. People, whoever was there, they you all did a great job. Um, and everybody's excited right now. So we look at the situation now with the Browns eight and five. And what's what's good about this is all the other seven and six teams lost. Pittsburgh already lost. The Bengals beat the Colts. So the Colts dropped to seven and six. The Texans lost to the Jets and Stroud got hurt. So those teams all lost. So the Browns are eight and five. Now, the best they're going to do is the five seed most likely because uh, the Ravens are two games ahead. And the Ravens won a wild one beating the Rams in overtime in a crazy game that went back and forth. There was some wild games, a lot of scoring on Sunday. Uh, the offense seems to be back up the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's happening. All these you got backup quarterbacks playing well. Flacco, uh, J- Browning for the Bengals has played well. Um, it, it's crazy what's going on with some of these backup quarterbacks, and some of the you know uh, we're going to see more next week. So it's it's crazy. But a- as of this moment, uh, the the th- the Ravens are the one seed, and the other three AFC North teams are five, six, and seven. The Browns are the five at eight and five. The Steelers are six, and the Bengals are seven. Uh, and that will hold if the um, – unless the Chargers lose. The Chargers, uh, we'll see. That game's going on as I'm recording this podcast. But the Chargers were losing in the third quarter. We'll see – or winning. Excuse me. Broncos were winning in the third quarter. If the Broncos hold on, then those teams will still be 5, 6, and 7. It doesn't affect the Browns. The Browns are the 5 seed no matter what happens tonight or tomorrow. With four weeks to go, the Browns are the 5 seed. They control their own destiny. They're in great shape to make the playoffs. 10, I, I, ten is almost certainly enough. Uh, 11 locks it up. Uh, and the Browns, the rest of the schedule – you got the Bears at home. Bears played well. You're at the Texans. We'll see what Stroud's status is. I believe he's in concussion protocol. Then the Jets at home. They played well today, but they're not very good. Then at the Bengals could be a tricky one, obviously, with the way Browning has played. We'll see. None of these games are easy. None of these games are hard. that hard. The Browns will be favored next week. Uh, at Houston, it depends. If Stroud plays, maybe they're a slight underdog. They'll be favored against the Jets, and we'll see at Cincinnati. It depends how both teams are playing at that point. But at worst, the Browns are going to be a three-point dog in one of these games, at worst. Uh, again, I think two more wins, and they're in. I think they are I think they have a great chance to win next week, again, at home against the Bears. And the Browns are in a great position right now. They're in a great position, and Kevin Stefanski deserves a ton of credit for keeping this team together play it hard despite all the the injuries the browns have been absolutely crushed by injuries and they keep finding ways to win 8 and 5 3 and 2 in the division 6 and 3 in the conference their strength of victory now i'll explain this stat for those who don't know strength of victory means what is the win loss or the winning percentage of the teams that you have beaten and the Browns have, of, of the playoff teams, and I discount the bad teams because the bad teams have a couple of wins. If you beat one good team, it's going to be better. Of all the teams in the NFL with at least six wins that are a playoff contender, the Browns have the best 
strength of victory in the entire NFL. The only teams with a better strength of victory, the Jets, who have five wins, and the Arizona Cardinals, who have three wins, and the Carolina Panthers, who have one win. So I, I oh, actually, theirs is slightly lower than the Browns. But of all the playoff teams, the Browns have the best uh, strength of victory. In fact, in the AFC, it's interesting. As of this moment, the Browns have the best strength of victory in the AFC of the contenders. The Broncos are second. The Steelers are third. The Bengals are fourth. Jags fifth. Ravens sixth. Uh, Dolphins do not have a good strength of victory. They're the only and the Colts. The Colts and the uh, and the Dolphins have pretty poor strength of victories. But uh, it's wild. And listen, the AFC is completely crazy. You have um, with with you have fourteen teams in the AFC within two games of a playoff spot. You have eleven teams within a game of a playoff spot, and could be twelve by the end. It could be thirteen by the end of the night. You could be you could have 13 teams by the end of the night in the AFC within a game of the playoff spot. Absolutely bonkers. One other thing I wanted to hit real quick. You look at some of the most wagered on plays at Bet Rivers this week. The 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 most the most a percentage of total at the NFL handle. The Lions minus three bet the most. That was a loser. Ravens minus three, second most, loser. Bears plus three was third. That was a winner. And the Falcons minus one was fourth. That was a loser. Baker Mayfield, kudos to him. Late second touchdown in another wild game. Or another back and forth. Um, And that was in terms of percentage of total handle. Most popular plays by uh, number of, let's see, game spread tickets. Texans were one. Most popular. Saints were second. They covered. Ravens third. That was a loser. One and three were losers there. So uh, some of the some of the picks that looked obvious are, and that's what we keep learning in the NFL. Once you believe something, it goes out the window the next week. Out the window. Things are just absolutely crazy right now in the NFL. And I love it. And that's why we all love it. It's going to be great again next week. All right, we got so much to do this week. We're going to have Bernie Kozar on the podcast uh, sometime soon. Uh, man, we're going to keep... <laughs> It's exciting time. We're deep in we're mid-December now. Nothing's been decided. Even the division is not completely out of play. Now it's going to be tough because you, you the tiebreaker at the moment the Ravens have it. You're two back. I mean, the odds of winning the division are slim, but the Browns have a great chance of finishing as the five seed. And who they would play in the first round, we have no idea. They could play the AFC South champ. They could play Kansas City. They could, I mean, anything could happen. I think Baltimore has a great chance to finish as the one seed, but they've still got a tough schedule. You look at their last four games, they've got Jacksonville. They're at Jacksonville, at the Niners, Dolphins at home, Steelers at home. They've got a very tough schedule, so anything's possible, and we'll be here locked in on the podcast all the time. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, please. You get alerts every time I put out a podcast. We'll update you there. We'll update you on UCSS. It's it's going to be another fun and wild week. Thanks to, to Monzo and Max for producing, as always. We'll talk to you next time. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Browns win it again. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.